1: life of influence isn't achieved overnight. It's, it's built through consistent application of wisdom and hard work. In my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big, I provide you with 120 bite-sized nuggets of insights on practical topics such as marriage and finances, as well as wisdom for personal growth and leadership development. Then I ask you some very penetrating questions that help you reflect and apply what you've learned. This book will stimulate self-examination provide fuel for personal transformation. The best thing about it is I'm offering this book to you absolutely free. That's right. A free copy of 120 Minutes to Live Big, mailed to you as a gift. I'll also give you 30-day access to my Growth Lab, a program designed to help you grow from good to great, mediocre to extraordinary, from small to to big. It's my prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better and become everything that God wants you to be. So if you want to live a life that overflows and blesses others, this gift is just for you. Claim your free book and, and get uh, your free 30-day access to my growth lab. To do that, all you have to do is visit dgmfree.com. That's dgmfree.com. You were made to think
2: big, do big, to big
1: Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Give a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness.
2: Give a life bigger than yourself. Hello. Welcome to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. We are so glad that you joined us today. We believe that the truth of God's word will empower you to live a life so big that it impacts everyone and everything around you. As always, you can get this message and more at gracechurchva.org. Let's join Dr. Greer for today's Live Big message.
1: We are going through our confidence guide all year. And uh, the first month, we talked about the importance of, of of reading the word and the importance of the word in general. This last month uh, we talked about uh, praying uh, continually and we've been focusing on the subject of prayer and amazingly as quick as we got started we're coming to the end of the month. So today we're going to wrap up and, and you know I may have to revisit some of these things a little bit later in the year but we're going to wrap up our month on uh, prayer. We're going to be this morning in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2, and we're going to learn some things. Father, open eyes today, cause us to leave here fully informed and with supernatural revelation, Holy Spirit-inspired insight into this subject of prayer, Father. Help us get over some of the hurdles and, and deal with some of the challenges that typically come with this subject. And we give you all the honor for it. And the church says, amen. amen. Colossians 4 and 2. And uh, then we're going to go one more place, then we're going to get to our place of emphasis this morning. Well, Paul is about to talk about the subject of prayer, and um, he starts with a single word. And what we're going to do is we're going to isolate the different terminology or, or words that Paul uses to talk about this subject of prayer. So we won't just read it, we can really begin to study it and extract what the apostle is trying to say to us by the Holy Spirit. He begins by saying, continue. Now, the thinking person would ask themselves, why would the Bible ask us to continue unless God knew at some point we want to quit? Yes. Now, one of the biggest surprises I believe we're going to have when we get to heaven is when God lets us look back over our lives and he shows us how close we were to getting what he wanted for us right before we quit. When the Bible says he's going to wipe away all the tears from our eyes, I think it's going to be a moment like that when he shows us, man, you were right there. But you gave up. And that's when, oh, God. And, and I think he's going to wipe those tears and love us and wrap his arms around us anyway. But when the subject of prayer comes up, you're going to notice it's surrounded by interesting words or verbs. He says, continue. And then he adds to that earnestly. So earnestly speaks of of, of being from the heart and, and committed to a thing. So what he's saying is even before I get to revealing the subject we're talking about, He's saying that what I'm about to share with you is gonna require a push. You're gonna have to persist until something happens. So what subject is so maddening, so frustrating, that God had to strongly encourage us not to give up, even before he tells us what the subject is? Let's look at the next word. He says, continue earnestly. In prayer. Now, this lets us know the subject of prayer is going to be something, again, that's going to be a challenge for us to persist in and, and keep at. Prayer is a little bit like a, a rocky marriage. At the end of the day, you can focus on what's tearing you apart, or you can focus on what's keeping you together. And you have that, have that choice. The, the thing that's most frustrating, though, at least in my life about prayer, is that though God is in charge, he's seldom in a hurry. And I've been trying to change him for a long time, but it doesn't seem to work. And he knew that there would be space between the time that we ask God for something and the moment we see that thing appear. And he knew that we get discouraged in in the gap between manifestation and and request. And and he knew that, you know, after a while, we would just kind of give up and our heart would no longer be in it. And he knew much of the church would just turn prayer into a form and it would just become a ritual. Your heart's not really in it, but you check the box, you know, Hail Mary and all the, the other stuff that folks do. But the Holy Spirit saw across the entire church age and he saw all of us. And he said continue earnestly with red hot zeal in prayer you see prayer is not one of those things you could just do once and think you got it prayer is a whole lot like a relationship you have to develop it daily and he he keeps describing this 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 prayer thing he says i want you to continue I want it to be earnest from the heart and and deeply felt. And then he says, being vigilant, which literally means staying awake, fully engaged and fully alert. If he was alive today, he'd say, stay woke. (laughs) What he was saying is is this, this prayer thing because we're in a natural world, just looking at natural things, prayer is spiritual and and everything in the natural is first spiritual. And because you're doing this spiritual thing that doesn't always manifest naturally, at instantly, we're at times going to be challenged to sleep and to, to fall into lulls and it's not working because it didn't happen immediately. But with my eyes, I cannot hear sound. With my ears, I cannot see color. The challenge is, in our bodies, we often try to feel spiritual things. But spiritual things are discerned, but not always felt. So if you're operating in the carnal realm and you're praying, waiting for a feeling, waiting for something to go bump or something to immediately move, you're going to end up frustrated that's why the bible says we walk by faith and not by sight because this prayer thing requires us to stay tuned into a spiritual realm that's very distinct from the natural realm meaning you can't always taste it feel it smell it see it and because of that we can often be lulled and, and, and it's like, you know, it's not working. No, you just don't see it yet. When God announced the first time that Jesus, you know, the Messiah would come, every time he announced it, they got closer to that moment. And when you go to God in prayer and say you're amen and you've prayed according to God's will, whether you feel it or not, Every moment that ticks, you've only gotten closer. But the challenge is, uh, we're carnal. Lord, I, I want to see it now. I, I prayed for five minutes now. I'm going to get out and look out of my window, Lord, and, and I better see it. And when we don't, we get frustrated. So when the Holy Spirit talks to us about the subject of prayer, He knows where we live. So I say, guys, continue. Honestly, man, dig into this thing. And then it says, being vigilant, stay woke. No matter how big your house is, how recent your car is, how big your bank account is, your grave is still going to be the same size. So be woke. And keep the main thing, the main thing. And again, he describes this process of prayer and what it's going to take for us to to be successful in it. And he ends again, continues earnestly and being vigilant. And then he says, "With thanksgiving." Here's something I've learned: a grateful heart is a magnet for miracles. That's important. If you want something from God you don't have, first be grateful for the things you already have. And it's amazing when we see the thing in prayer is when it doesn't happen as quickly as we want, we start complaining. We start getting angry. We start taking matters into our own hands. But what he's saying is, guys, when you pray, you need to check your attitude. You need to know that you got it before you see it. You need need to be thankful that that I heard you, even though you can't see it. Just trust me. It's like my boys there in college, and uh, they don't typically call me for the money. They call mom. I think she's the easier target. But when mom says she put it in their account, they don't say, well, mom, when I see it, thank you. When they get on the phone and say, Ma, you know, I'm running out of groceries. I need to buy another book. And mom says, okay, uh, I'm putting it in your, matter of fact, just hold on. I'm I'm making a transfer right now. It's in your account. They immediately say, thank you. And immediately the load is lifted. They know some food is on the way. They know that they're gonna be able to get that book or take that girl out. I don't know what they're doing with the money. I don't know. I know what they tell me, but I'm not sure what they're doing. But, but, when mother says yes, they say thanks. They can't see it. They don't yet feel it. But because mother said it, they know it. And that's what happens in prayer. I can't always see it. I don't always feel it. But Father said so, so I know it. And there's a confidence that comes because of prayer. But you got to continue. You got to be earnest. You got to be vigilant. And you got to be thankful to get to that place of confidence. Hebrews 10 and verse 36 One more scripture before we get to our focus today. This was something the Lord spoke to me this week. It was personal. He said, Derek, for you have need. Meaning, boy, this is not optional. Son, this is mandatory, this is required. For son, you you have need of endurance. Endurance is simply faith that doesn't quit. You see, trusting God may seem like a slow process, but what I've learned is quitting never speeds it up. That's it. That's it right there. In fact, what kind of happens every time I give up, I get back on the back of the line and got to wait my turn again. That's it. <laughs> so what I'm learning is just hang in there yeah. and just like I feel like quitting, I mean, because I feel like quitting don't mean I have to, a feeling's not going to kill me. So, yeah, no, 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 you don't understand. People are like, well, you don't know what I felt. A feeling can't make you do nothing. A feeling by itself will not kill you. I, I've tried to convince, you know, a, remember when as a kid, you know, you, you, you try to convince, mom and dad, you don't know how I feel as if, you know, they haven't had enough life experience to know that what you feel at that moment is not going to be the end of you. You never have moments where God? God, you don't know what I'm feeling. God's like, I know exactly what you're feeling. And I know exactly the type of man I need you to be. So, boy, you need to put that feeling in your pocket, check yourself, and hold on like I told you to. That's the way my daddy does me. I don't know about your daddy. Yes, I do. We are the same daddy. He's Derek. You have need Of hanging in there. Derek, I'm not just gonna, you know, make everything always so nice. Boy, you have a need, and I see that need. And here's what you need, boy endurance. Why? So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive. The receiving only comes after you endure. Pay attention here. You see, once you have done what God told you to do, there's only one thing that can stop you. And it's you. And I decided if it's up to me, I'm not going to keep getting in my way. God may be looking at you. Saying, I love you, I'm for you, and I want the best. But as your daddy, I see something in your character that I got to work on. For child, you have a need. I know, you know, today you put it in the microwave, boom, and everything, you know, you just, man, you can you, you text people, communicate people, you could talk to people so quickly. You don't have to go to a phone. You carry your phone wherever you go. It's a different world. But he looks at our generation and said, y'all pretty good, but y'all have a need of one thing. Endurance. So that after you have done what I told you to do, you may receive the promise. Endurance is the price of admission for your next level. If you want what God has for your life, you're going to have to stand up under a little bit of weight for a little while. Not because God's mean, but because he knows what he placed in you. That's right. And he wants you to become everything that God created you to be. So in his wisdom, he said, listen, everything's not always going to drop out the sky, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to put in you whatever you need and in this case the church had need of endurance and it was only as they endured that they received the promise Luke 18:1. this is our focus for today Jesus is going to say it even more plainly than Paul here then Jesus spoke a parable to them now scripture seldom explains a parable before telling it but this one was so important that luke gave us the meaning of it even before anyone could ask he spoke a parable to them and here's the the meaning of the parable that men always ought always continue always ought to pray then watch this, and not lose heart. Amen. Jesus knew the biggest battle we would have with prayer would be losing our hearts. He knew that a spirit of quit would, would follow us all day long trying to get us to give up on this subject of prayer. Martin Luther in the 1500s, he said, to be a Christian without prayer It's like trying to be alive without breathing. So Jesus tells this parable to explain to us that we ought to always pray and not give up and give in. He said there was in a city a judge who did not fear God and he did not regard man. He was like many judges in the ancient world. Uh, He he lived for payola, the bribe, the kickback, whatever you want to call it. And justice was sold to the highest bidder. This is the way justice uh, functioned in the ancient world. We see here that, again, in order for him to describe prayer, he begins with a man that doesn't really have a conscience. And a man that had enough money and power really not to care what anyone else thought. About the way he handled things. So he said there, there was this, this certain judge. Then he said there was also a widow in that city. So, again, you know, an illustration of contrast here. The judge, the most powerful in society, the, the widow, the weakest. A woman, and typically widows didn't have a lot of money, so probably poor. And he used both of these extremes to teach us about prayer. How many think Jesus might have known how to pray? Yeah. And he might know what he's talking about here. All right. He said, and this widow, who was a nobody, nothing behind her, nothing going really before her, you know, the Bible talks about your gift going before you. That's also a bride. There was no, she had no money to offer him. And she came to him. One thing I like about this lady is she put her mouth and her feet behind her prayers. The Bible teaches faith without works, a corresponding action, is dead as a doornail. Now, we can try to say we believe all we want, but if our faith doesn't show up in our actions, it's not really faith yet. The Bible says this woman dealing with a tough situation says she came to him saying get justice for me from my adversaries again this woman had two problems an adversary and an indifferent judge maybe even three in a very corrupt system and neither of these things or neither of these things stopped her from going after what she believed was rightfully hers now people can criticize me people might criticize you but but they could do it all they want because you may not want what's yours, but God put a fire in my heart that I'm going to get what's mine. I want every ounce of what Jesus died that I might have. I'm going to get what's mine. And this woman wouldn't settle. She didn't say at home, well, I'm a nobody. I'm a, I'm a widow. The culture ain't fair and, and nobody going to help me out. No. She prayed about it, then she went about it. And she went to the judge by herself, no attorney, nobody to represent her. And guess what? For a while, it didn't work. Jesus is trying to teach us about prayer. And at first, we're going to go to God about some things. And for a while, we're not going to see any change. That's when people quit. That's when people back up. That's when people stop. He said in verse four, and this judge, even though she made a righteous appeal, would not for a while. Again, this is when prayer gets hard. You know, patience is not so much waiting as much as waiting with the right attitude. This woman didn't let the judge put out her fire. She didn't let the judge change her mind about her possibilities. And the fact that it didn't happen immediately didn't make her fold up like a a wet cardboard box.
2: You are listening to the Live Big broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. We pray that you are inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. Find out more about this broadcast, Grace Church, and Dr. Greer at gracechurchva.org. Dr. Greer and his wife, Pastor Yermitu, invite you to meet them at Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia, for vibrant worship, Bible teaching, and fellowship each Sunday and Wednesday. Click gracechurchva.org for service times, directions, and much more. Again, that's gracechurchva.org. This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. Watch the Live Big broadcast Monday through Friday and every Sunday check your local TV listings or visit gracechurchva.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have, but until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big.
1: God wants you to live a life that's big. of my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big. Don't settle for mediocrity, live big. Let's get started by visiting canilivebig.com and let's visit it today. That's canilivebig.com.